there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Emotional times, Josh, today would have been flying home day from Florida. <sighs> Alas. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, the the... Britain has come up with some uncharacteristically nice weather the last few days, which has made it a little bit easier to at least pretend that I'm in Florida. Uh, I've racked up some vintage Tom sunburn. Uh, Half my face is pink, the other half is not, which is uh, not a great look, to be honest. I'm quite, (laughs) quite grateful to be trapped in the house. Uh, but yeah, I've tried my best to uh, keep my spirits high. Had my porridge in my Star Wars bowl this morning, and had my coffee in my vintage Marvel superhero island mug. Oh. But yeah, today, today it is a little emotional. It would have been, as I say, the the coming home day. But hey ho, there's always next year, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We can always look forward to. The years to come. I I used to think that way, but I must admit, uh, my faith has been somewhat dented <laughs> by, <laughs> by the last couple. It's been uh, it's been questionable. Uh, what about you, Josh? How have you been holding up? This is now episode eight in lockdown. Uh, time, yeah, wow. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, and I'm having fun 24-7 here. Yeah. Um, we uh, we had a barbecue yesterday. That was delightful. Uh, we we watched... Uh, everyone in the street had a street party. Um, so they're all breaking the uh, social distancing rules, which is uh, great to see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, we, does... we didn't we didn't join the street party. We stayed inside, had a, had a barbecue uh, at our own garden, away from everyone else. Well, you're responsible citizens, and I'm glad to hear it. I like to think so. Yeah, but it it seems as though we we will be locked down for a a few more weeks to come, although, as you suggested there, not everyone seems to be, or some people seem to have taken it upon themselves to end the lockdown. I'm like, I've had enough of this now. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm going out. Um, the The longer this goes on for, the more I want to get a new desk. Right, um, but the problem is, I'll probably pull the trigger just as we le- then leave lockdown, and be like, "Oh well, that's loads of money wasted." Well, that's the thing, isn't it? If you buy yourself a nice new desk for home working, as you say, you'll be told to go back to the office within like a week or two. Just yeah. as if you if you finally decide, look, my hair's too long, I'm going to shave it. Then next thing you know, the the barbers will be open again, and you'll just have to. Yeah. Get get on with your your terribly shaved head. When yeah. you could have, if you just waited another week, you you could have gone and got it cut nicely. That's just inevitably the way things will be. So yeah, it's probably best if you don't bite the bullet. Maybe maybe hold off. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I have made a, a couple of uh, minor purchases to tide me over, though. Um, I bought a new uh, computer case, which is uh, quieter than or should be quieter than my current one. Uh, and smaller, which is quite nice. Um, and I bought a new uh, Shield TV so we can watch everything in 4K goodness. I don't know what the Shield TV is. What is that? Uh, so it's made by NVIDIA, who make the graphics cards. 
Yeah. Um, but it's basically a Android TV box. It's arguably the best Android TV box you could buy. It plays basically everything from any source. Right. Um, and it also uh, has AI upscaling, which from the reviews I've seen works exceptionally well. Uh, so the 1080p stuff actually looks like very good for decent 4K. So you're telling me your your vintage uh, Thing Park vlogs will take on a whole new lease of life thanks to this yeah. thing. Yeah. Are those still publicly viewable anywhere, those vlogs? Uh, not publicly, no. Privately, uh, yes. Right. Um, they're on my, uh, on my server. Right. You, you um, should, you should like drip feed them onto the Park Crush Instagram or Twitter <laughs> page or something. In like one minute chunks. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So lockdown continues here. I hope the audio quality has been okay these last couple of months. I think it's been, I think it's stabilized. We had a, a few flaky weeks, but I feel like it's in a decent place now. But as um, always. The irony of you just of saying that, uh, just before you said that, I punched my uh, microphone stand. Right. Oh, I didn't yeah. notice, but I guess if any listeners there heard like a, a strange noise, at least we now know what that was. But um, there's actually quite a lot of news this week, Josh. Funnily yeah. enough, I must admit, I, when it became apparent that we'd be you know, locked down for a, a while here and obviously theme parks all over the world have been shutting down with no real end in sight, I was thinking, how are we going to get through this? We're going to have to really rely on our video game series and then we're going to arguably maybe even have to come up with some new ideas and I don't know I, I'm not really an ideas man to be honest so I was kind of nervous but thankfully the news has kept rolling for the most part and this week has, has there's been lots of it so uh, without further ado I guess we should dive right in here Josh yeah uh, we'll start with uh I guess the most hopeful piece of news for theme park fans, and that is that the first major theme park to have been closed because of coronavirus is, as of recording, uh, just a couple days away now from opening again to the public, and that is Shanghai Disneyland. Huzzah! Maybe. Yes. Uh, tickets sold out within minutes of them going on sale for the first day back, which uh, is Monday the 11th of may so uh there's plenty of appetite i know there's been some sort of question marks over whether theme park should even be that desperate to reopen will there be appetite to go back it's the same question that people are asking about places like cinemas but if shanghai disneyland is anything to go by there's most certainly will be appetite for these kinds of things uh, as and when they reopen. Uh, they will be, uh, or there will be a reduced capacity in place and guests will be asked to adhere to social distancing, keeping uh, a good few metres apart from one another. I'd imagine masks will be a key part of the reopening strategy as well for staff and for guests. Yeah, but for sure. By and large, the park will be running as normal in terms of rides and attractions and whatnot. Uh, character meet and greets will be uh, a little 
a little different. It says in the report I'm reading here that uh, you won't be able to take selfies with famous Disney characters. I, I th- that includes those who are in you know masks themselves, the full sort of character outfits. You could understand why there would certainly be rules around characters who aren't quite so dressed up, like your Disney princesses and people yes. like that. But this will also cover your Mickey's and your Goofies and your your Donalds. Um, and there will be hand sanitizer all over the place. Uh, cleaning measures will be even more uh, thorough than they already were. So there are measures in place, but by and large, as I say, it's going to be operating fairly normally. And uh, Josh, you watched uh, just before we started here the official reopening ceremony, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so Shanghai through this big, or Shanghai Disney, I should say, uh, for this big uh, sort of opening ceremony outside the uh, Shanghai Castle. Um, it's big. Uh, got an orchestra out there. Um, some singers. Some uh, you know, Mickey was there. Um, had some ballerinas, some acrobatics. Um, someone that looked like they were playing Joy from Inside Out, but it was quite hard to tell. Um, it was quite cool. Um, a lot of singing. Um, you know, some classics in there. Um, like Frozen songs and uh, some of the classic songs as well. Um, yeah, it was, it was good to watch. Yeah, it's it's strange because I only just finished up the Imagineering story this past week and uh, the final episode of that is quite focused more, than, more so than I thought it would be on Shanghai. And so, yeah, it's been kind of on my mind of late, that park, which I wasn't super familiar with other than the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Uh, other than yeah, that, I wasn't got, that uh, familiar Tron with as that. Well. Yes, of course. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't super familiar with the park overall and all the changes and the differences to the traditional Disneyland park. So yeah, uh, the thought that it's been closed this long is is mad because I guess it would have closed back in January. And so it's been, you know, four months since it shut. And yeah. I guess when you think of it like that, it's kind of mad some of the some of the things that have been sort of put forward as possible reopening dates for some of the US parks and the European parks, for example, when you think it's taken four months for Shanghai Disneyland to reopen, the the idea of Walt Disney World or, or somewhere like that reopening like six weeks or even, you know, or two months after shutting seems kind of unthinkable. But I guess they are the bigger money makers the the US parks for Disney, I'd, I'd assume I'm right in saying that. Certainly, Walt Disney World. Yeah, um, and you know the, the the parks actually don't make a massive profit. So, uh, but in these times, you still have to keep the parks maintained because if you don't, then they fall into disrepair. So you, you still have a lot of the expenditure, um, even if you're not paying out for wages, but uh, none of the income. Uh, so, um, you know, the parks are actually making quite a big loss at the moment. Yeah, and and I guess in terms of like the measures they're putting in place in Shanghai, uh, like we've spoken over the last couple of weeks about our, how theme parks could adapt to these unprecedented times uh, that we now live in. Uh, and I guess the, the things they're doing in Shanghai could, well, you know, uh, give us some clues as to the types of measures that will be in place at all the other parks around the world uh, the only one that seems maybe like it wouldn't fly quite so much in the west but i don't know is uh, visitors before they enter the park will have to prove 
that they don't pose a risk of uh, spreading the coronavirus. How uh, do you well, prove that? Well, uh, they'll, they'll undergo a temperature screening. So that part of it, I think, is will will fly in other parks. That's not a problem. Yeah. However, um, they will also have in China. Um, everyone is, has got their own personal QR code, which reflects their <laughs> risk status. So stamps on the back of their if, necks. <laughs> yeah, well, like Hitman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're green, you're cool. If you're red, you're not cool. Uh, and this is the the um, the designation you're given is based on stuff like recent travel, medical history, things like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know whether or not that's something that could be employed at uh, at, at parks in the West. I, I would hazard a guess at, at not. Uh, it's, I, I'd imagine it'd be a lot harder because I've seen China, um, where it's a centralised government, um, everything is known by central government, uh, so you can create those, um, you know, dossiers on every single person. Whereas that's not necessarily as feasible um, in European countries or uh, in Western countries, where we feel like uh, our liberties would be um, taken away from us if central government knew everything. Um, it's one of the big controversies around uh, the new uh, UK uh, NHS tracking app, for yes. example. Although that app seems flawed in many ways beyond yeah. just the sort of potential privacy concerns that people have. I mean, to be honest with you, maybe this is, just speaks to my naivety. The privacy concerns are not so high on the list for me personally. It's more that just the app seems quite limited and and not uh, the, the way it's been built and the way that it has to be it has to constantly kind of be running um at the forefront of your phone it seems like a massive limiting factor on its effectiveness but yeah i think uh the the ironic thing about it for me is that they're relying on uh drug dealers who obviously have burner phones so we'd have cheap uh, older android phones to then be able to get other updates from other people's phones because that's because there's a workaround in the app where older android phones uh can talk to other phones that are more recent and ha are locked more locked down if that makes sense right uh, so you know the the security in new iphones and new android phones means that apps can't listen all the time when they're not running which is why the app has to be running but on older android phones that security isn't in there so they can run all the time right uh, um and who who has like most people don't have old android phones anymore uh, most people uh, regularly update so it's just drug dealers in their burner phones <laughs> yeah uh it's yeah it's strange I, I don't know about you but i really miss precedented times uh, anyway <laughs> Uh, away from Shanghai Disneyland, there are other parks getting ready to reopen, and uh, I guess the one of the gold standards for coping with the coronavirus in the West has been Germany. And uh, thanks to the way that they have managed to contain the virus there, for the most part, uh, Europa Park, which is uh, one of the biggest and uh, most popular uh, and most uh, well liked theme parks in Europe, uh, will be reopening on the 29th of May, which is very soon um yeah wow i mean Germany has, as far as we're aware handling it very well so yes um, yes uh, you could say they have been the sort of south korea of europe in terms of yeah. 
how they've managed to contain the outbreak thanks to their extensive and exhaustive testing uh, uh, and tracking and tracing campaign, which uh, other countries have kind of been floundering on, uh, not, naming, not naming any names. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's obviously Germany preparing to relaunch things like the football season, albeit without fans uh, and, and reopening... Yeah, uh, yeah, because obviously in football stadiums you're all uh, massively packed together, not really moving so much. But uh, yeah, theme parks again, uh, it'll be a sort of limited capacity, um, and it's not going to open all at the same time. So on the 18th of May, you're going to get hotel uh, restaurants reopening at the Europa Park Resort, and then on the 29th, as I say, that's when the actual park itself will reopen. Uh, and hotel uh, accommodation as well will, will reopen at that stage, so you'll be able to stay on site. So uh, you can visit for an evening to to wine and dine initially, uh, and then uh, by the end of the month, it'll be you can go to the theme park itself and stay in the hotel uh but i guess the important thing there is that the germany border is still shut right so only german uh residents will, or people in germany will be able to visit i believe that's correct yes or, uh, or if you uh you know secretly uh cross the border yeah <laughs> yes uh not that we would advocate such things obviously no, no. Uh, i'm pretty desperate to, for a theme park day out at this point but whether i'm desperate enough to, desperate enough to go on a sort of illegal uh cross-continent uh crusade is is maybe another matter <laughs> yeah, yeah would... i'm not desperate enough to you know the day the first day alton towers opens i'm not going no uh, you know, if that was the 29th of may i'm not going no, and to be honest with you, I, I, you know, all due respect to uh, the guys that that run and maintain uh, the likes of Thorpe Park and Alton Towers, but I, I don't know. I just the way we as a nation have uh, tackled this so far, I I don't know if a British theme park would be the first theme park I'd want to go to, like test the water on. I, I think I'd have more faith in somewhere like Europa Park, if, if, if I wanted to feel like I could go to a theme park safe in the knowledge that I'm probably going to be all right, that they've taken all appropriate measures, that it's going to be nice and clean and everything like that. I don't know whether uh, a British park <laughs> uh, would be maybe top of my list. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, especially uh, out of the three uh, Merlin parks, uh, Alton Towers would be the your best bet, uh, just due to the location and therefore the staff that are on hand there. Uh, Thorpe Park and Chesterton generally have a, a younger uh, staff um, right? and therefore maybe uh, more nonchalant about it possibly yeah um, I don't know it's going to be it's going to be mad to see what happens with UK theme parks because uh, it's very very feasible that they go basically the whole year without being able to open because uh, their season uh, they opened seasonally. Uh, they would have opened back in March. Obviously, that didn't happen, and then they would then shut again uh, in October. Yeah, the new Dave Williams section was meant to be opening uh, for this season, wasn't it? So, yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess it's not impossible, but obviously, you would imagine and expect, frankly, that if Alton Towers, Thorpe Park, Legoland, etc., Chessington were to reopen uh, this summer, say, uh, they would have to employ many of these same measures in terms of massively reduced capacity. Uh, you have to book to go on specific days. There'll be no just turning up on the yeah. gate and hoping to get in. 
and yeah you would expect enhanced cleaning measures social distancing etc to all be in place as well it'll uh, be the first time there hasn't been a two for one offer run for Auckland Towers and Thorpe Park <laughs> yeah yeah they're normally really desperate to get people through the gates but maybe not so much this year um, much like Shanghai Disneyland Europa Park will require you to buy date specific tickets uh, again to avoid that issue of people just turning up and uh, the park will also require you to wear a mask uh, in all covered areas, uh, waiting areas of any kind, and while on rides. So I guess while you're just kind of wandering around in the outdoorsy part of the park, you're fine not to wear a mask, but basically in all other situations, when you're indoors, when you're in a line, or you're on a ride, you have to wear one. I I quite like that policy in a way. Um, mm. You know, what, masks when you're around people makes perfect sense. Um, I, I feel like when you're not near someone, then wearing a mask is uh, kind of indifferent, really. Um, you know, I, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know whether I'm off base there, but, um, but yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, and and at least by allowing you to to take them off uh, while just uh, exploring the park generally, you won't end up with a uh, a terrible face mask suntan. Yes, yeah. Uh, is, get some uh, get a nice respite as well, which is the, the key consideration for uh, throughout this whole thing. This summer will be yeah. uh, weird face tan patterns. Uh, in other German theme park news, Legoland Deutschland uh, will also be reopening this month. Uh, May 30th for Legoland Deutschland. Yeah, I'm being slightly more cautious than uh, Europa Park. Yeah, just slightly, slightly yeah. more cautious. Uh, yeah, so, so, that, that? so that's uh, a Friday for Europa Park and that, then a Saturday for Legoland. Yes, that is correct. Um, so that that will bring us back to uh, bring us back over to the US. Uh, no reopening dates yet for any of the parks there. Uh, something that was picked up on by disneyfoodblog.com which i have been sort of looking at some of their tantalizing recipes for recreating walt disney world dishes oh. at home uh, mm. and if i had any sort of culinary skill uh, i might have a go at them maybe maybe, th- maybe one for you josh given that uh, the cookies you baked for the podcast uh I don't know how long ago that was. Maybe six years. Uh, they were they were excellent. So maybe you should have a go Thank at some much. of this. Uh, yeah, I did them on the what, like the fourteenth or fifteenth of March. Was that, that it? weekend? Yeah. That, um, was that was that the like penultimate podcast that we did in the studio? Yes, we uh, we did that, and then we watched Bloodshot. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, oh gosh! I only just finished the cookies last weekend, though, which is uh, yeah. That's the best thing about the cookies uh, is once they're in the cookie dough form, you can freeze them and then just stick them straight in the in the oven, uh, and you have a in fifteen minutes you have a freshly baked cookie. Wow! You you rationed the cookies for oh, that yeah. long. Yeah, uh, that's impressive. I, I I would not have that kind of willpower. I uh, would well, be. Uh... I made there was like forty of them. So. All right, okay, 40 cookies. To be fair, I would probably I could probably disgrace myself and eat 40 cookies in a week. Yeah, yeah. Cookie. <laughs> and yeah, I I 
arguably, I mean, I, one idea I've had for a future episode, and it's uh, while, while we're coping with these unprecedented times, is um, uh, sort of the, the little things that we miss about theme parks, you know. So not not simply the uh, the thrill of going on our favourite roller coaster, you know, those are the obvious things, but kind of the little things that kind of add up over the course of a day or or a, or a trip or or whatever. I thought might be fun to to talk about those kinds of things, and certainly on my list would be the famed Islands of Adventure chocolate chip cookie. Because uh, that that does make the day that little bit extra special every time, but uh, I haven't been able to track down a recipe online for those. Unfortunately, I, there doesn't seem to be like a huge uh, uh, sort of cult following for this cookie. You know, you, you, there's plenty of theme park food that I feel like has got like huge fandom surrounding it. Uh, yeah, which uh, you can. The uh, you replied to a tweet by Universal, I believe. Uh, <laughs> where they disrespected the cookie by not putting it on their uh, listing. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. They had like a grid of about 12 food items from the Universal Orlando Resort and, and said basically, oh, what's the king here? What's your favourite? And I, I pulled them up and said, hey, look, where's the cookie here? And and, and I was specific in my uh, identification of the cookie. I said, the chocolate chip cookie that is sold at... Uh, the croissant moon in port of entry yeah. and also uh today cafe the, no no well i think it is actually thought... based on pictures i've seen it is in the today cafe but uh, for me it's always been the the the, Cres- uh, the croissant moon and the yes. san, san fran bakery ah uh, the san fran bakery okay Opp- opposite jaws you see yes so yeah that's that i i pulled them up on it and, and they apologised. They said I was quite right to point out that they had disrespected this legendary baked treat. Uh, you, you, of course, you had one for the first time on your trip last year, right? Uh, yes. Do you, do you reckon you have a, a vivid enough memory to try and recreate that particular cookie? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I, I I would say not necessarily the. Uh, it's more the culinary skills. Okay, fine. Recreate recreate it from memory. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe I should but ask I for the. Rare. You could take a because uh, it was it's quite a thick cookie, so I think uh, you'd have to get a bigger scoop than I'm using anyway, uh, and then put it in the fridge for a little bit, uh, which then stiffens it up. So then when you bake it, it doesn't flatten so quickly. Right, so it stays puffier, which is uh, yeah. what I do with my cookies as well. Maybe, maybe I should ask for for the recipe. I should tweet yeah, them again. Ask them, yeah. Just tweet, hey lads, send it Kiss over. Recipe. Yeah, we'll 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 make some uh, content out of it. Hashtag, Hashtag content. content. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Disney food blog is what I was talking about. Uh, which, by the way, the most eye-catching thing I saw on there was uh, this uh, Walt Disney World French toast recipe. The Tonga oh. toast. Was it the Tonga toast? I don't know. It was uh, uh, banana YouTube, heavy. Disney put Tonga toast on the uh, on their YouTube channel this week. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Um, it, it was banana heavy. That's that's what caught my eye because I quite like banana. You see, on, yeah, on French toast and pancakes, so I was I was quite hyped. But yeah, no, no cookies on there, unfortunately. The, the Walt Disney World cookie, before they just sold out to Starbucks and put Starbucks products in all of their sort of um, 
their bakery locations across all the parks. Uh, th- their cookie, whilst not as good as the Universal Islands cookie, was a pretty good cookie uh, and, and was better than the Starbucks cookie. So that's a shame that that is no longer there. Yeah. Uh, Disneyland Paris uh, comes close. Oh, yeah, that was a good cookie as well. And and I was very excited by this because they have, of course, the Main Street Bakery was a staple of the Magic Kingdom uh, and is now a Starbucks. Yeah. At all intents and purposes. Whereas, as you say, the Main Street Bakery in Paris was still pure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the cookie uh, there was pretty good. I believe in in, in France and uh, in Italy especially, they have a rather uh, dis- fond dislike for uh, Starbucks. Yeah, well, I mean, based on the opposition to Disneyland Paris, I wouldn't be uh, at the time, and I'm sure among some... Uh, uh, that that opposition still exists. Yeah, I could I could see why that sort of similar crowd would be anti Starbucks as well for for the, for much the same reasons. Yeah, I I also think that um I don't know what they call themselves, but like kind of coffee isters, you know, fans of coffee uh, think that a lot. You know, Starbucks and many other chain coffee places are uh, abhorrent. Abhorrent. Yes, that's that's a strong word. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the only Starbucks in Italy, they've had to go to great lengths to try and um, build this sort of like prove themselves of coffee. Um, it's it's very much like a like a whiskey distillery. This place, it's quite impressive. I must say, all of the uh, Starbucks locations in Singapore were were pretty good. They were much better than the Starbuckses that you get here. All, all the all the food, especially, seemed far fresher. And yeah. uh, the, like all the pastries, like the and and the you know, like the muffins and things like that, they'll they'll warm up for you without even asking, which gives it a oh. sort of more of a, a, a fresh feel, you know. Yeah, it's uh, like so, gooeyness to the chocolate inside. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff, good stuff. So anyway, um, <laughs> Disney Food Blog. Uh, the reason I brought it up was because uh, they have noticed that uh, Walt Disney World are no longer accepting. Uh, hotel reservations before July 1st. Uh, this was significant because originally it was the 1st of June. Uh, and this isn't just in terms of hotels. This is also bookings generally for things like uh, dining and, uh, you know, fireworks and shows and events and things like that. And I, th- I think I'm right in saying that originally uh, what Disney had said was that anyone who had had a reservation uh, booked for uh at uh, the time that they have now been shut, uh, they would be offered the chance to rebook. I th- and, and June was a month that they were sort of encouraging people to go for. So I guess the only thing that's unclear at this point is whether or not uh, the reservation has moved to July because the reservations in June are all full or uh, that they are now no longer anticipating that they will be able to reopen in June. Well, I think Bob Chapek uh, was talking on a, a Disney earnings call this week where um you know it was uh, put quite plainly that the company relatively anyway was struggling obviously disney are a huge company but i guess you do have to remember that a lot of their income uh, streams right now are basically dead you know the theme parks um they would have expected to have just put out black widow at the cinema uh, they would be getting ready to put um soul out at the cinema yeah and of course, you know, they're still, I don't know, recovering is the right word, but obviously they bought Fox last year. 
Oh, which, which was a massive investment. That certainly was a fair chunk of change. So uh, it's come not. I mean, it's come at a, not a great time for anybody in particular. This uh, pandemic, but I think yeah, for, for for a company that's just you know splashed out billions and billions and billions on Fox, um, it, it's maybe a particularly bad time to have uh, a lot of income streams cut off. Uh, which I think, as we've said previously, uh, just makes the timing of the launch of Disney Plus all the more important really i mean if they if they didn't have that up and running uh they they would be even struggling even more um but then even then you know disney plus is uh very good value for money uh for for the consumer in comparison to its competitors so uh you you question you know what's the profit margins on that you know know, is that buffering them enough compared to what they would usually be uh getting from ticket sales and the like yeah, I, I must admit, just to go off on slightly something of a tangent, just because I noticed today uh, I saw an ad on Twitter for Onward, which is available now as a uh, on-demand movie in the UK, but not on Disney+, Plus. unlike in America, where it is on Disney+, Plus and has been on Disney+, Plus for a couple of weeks already, which I, de- I, didn't, I didn't quite know why that was the case. But also, I, I know when we were sort of waiting for Disney+, Plus to launch in the UK, we, we've kind of assumed that the reason for the delay was existing licensing deals and, and partner deals with companies like Sky and Netflix. But as far as I'm aware, as far as I can tell, all the same range of Disney content that was on Sky pre-Disney Plus is still on Sky. And I feel like Sky was kind of their biggest partner, certainly in the UK. So I don't know, maybe we, maybe that wasn't actually the reason for the delay because, for example, obviously um, Rise of Skywalker came to Disney Plus this week yeah. on, on Monday, May the 4th. And I thought, oh, that's a big selling point for Disney Plus then. But it, it also came to Sky that same day. And I thought originally, oh, maybe it's buy buy to keep or whatever on sky it's not just on there to watch for anyone um, uh, but I, but no that's not the case either you can just watch it on sky movies i so, certainly feel like uh, a deal has been made um there i believe i would imagine that it was supposed to be only on sky um but they've cut a deal there um which comes along with the uh you know the disney app disney plus app being on the sky boxes now um so I'd imagine it's sort of there's a contract in there that they've reworked to allow Disney to get some of that stuff onto Disney Plus, right? Um, but they're not necessarily some stuff. So there's like a, you know, there's a bartering in there, I guess. Once the, when they uh, kind of renewed the contract or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, by the way, mm-hmm. just on the topic of uh, your daily reminder, Josh, to watch the Clone Wars. <clears throat> Uh, anyway, oh, yeah, you're very welcome. So yes, uh, it's a little bit up in the air at the moment when Walt Disney World and other US Disney parks may reopen. Bob Chapek was pretty cagey on that. He did talk about the fact that inevitably there will be extra measures that will have to be put in place uh, when the parks do reopen. Uh, the only thing uh, at Walt Disney World, at least, that has been given a date for reopening is disney springs uh which will start reopening on the 20th of may and this will be very much a phased reopening as far as i can tell it's going to be down to the individual uh stores and restaurants etc who uh own units there uh it will be up to then 
whether or not they want to reopen it won't be a uh, everything is open on on the day uh, it may well be that you turn up and plenty of it is still shut but yeah there's no word yet in terms of limiting capacity and things like that i i, I know most of it is outdoors uh, but it can still get very very busy there so you'd have to imagine they're going to have to put some measures in place <laughs> Yeah, um, and I hope there's. I would, uh, so I'd hope that there's deals in place there, so that the uh, rent or things like that are slightly more lenient for some of the uh, shops there, because otherwise they're going to struggle during this time. Um, And you know, as we know that you know properties, you know, shops are struggling anyway um, financially uh, in the era that we live in of the internet. Um, I think. You know the way it, like obviously Disney owns all the car parks there, so you could shut down uh, Lime Car Park and you know whatever other car park and have so there's only X number of car parks available, uh, and then you can shut whole floors or every other parking space, something like that, um, to very much limit the number of people that are in Disney Springs. Yeah, there there are a few things that they have already said. At Disney, this is uh, that that will be in play here. So, increased cleaning procedures, uh, face coverings will be used by cast members, and guests will also be encouraged to wear masks. Uh, there will be limited contact guest services, and cast members will also undergo additional safety training. But yeah, no word at the moment on uh, capacity. Uh, restrictions or temperature checks uh, or anything of that sort so yeah um I, I would i would have to imagine that there will be capacity restrictions and if there aren't i would go as far to say that that would be irresponsible yeah uh, it's interesting that they um don't require uh public to wear them mm. um just you know heavily suggest that they should um i guess it's kind of a hard you know people still have to buy them right um it's not like disney are going to be supplying them i don't think uh, I, I wouldn't have thought so i mean disney have started selling character masks online you can order them so uh, zoom zoom ones <laughs> i don't know i hope not but i would imagine probably <laughs> yeah they, they are they are popular for reasons that i will never quite quite understand frankly but um, yeah, they're 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 really weird. Like they're they're worse than pop figures for me. I, I don't know about you. Would you rank them above or below pops? They're worse than pop figures for you, the person who owns pop figures. Well, yes, you know, I do kind of have to say this as someone who has, I don't know, probably not quite, probably just over a dozen pop figures scattered around the room. Uh, yeah, I, I I must admit some some. Some work better than others. There, there are certain pop figures that I look at and think, actually, yeah, that one's all right, you know. But uh, it's it's the it's the eyes I think that disturb people, and I I, I agree with the eyes. Uh, but I think some of the characters just pull them off better than others. Uh, as a uh, adult, <laughs> um, well, because my my child self is different to my adult self. Um, as a child, I liked having things, you know, knickknacks, and you know thing on the on my shelves and that sort of thing as an adult uh i've very much gone away from that don't really have anything ornamental other than uh artwork 
which is on the walls. Um, most of my tabletops are clean. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I feel like, you know, I, I've got quite a lot of table space. And I, I don't like leaving like huge sections of it completely clear of stuff. It just looks, it always just has the vibe of, oh, I've just moved in and I haven't finished. <laughs> that's my look if i was to do that uh but i think it works for for for, for your room actually like um i think mine would look weird if it was completely bare of, of stuff but anyway uh, uh, when we say your room of course i should say the studio yes i, um, I have a lot of furniture in my uh in the studio so this is uh, true. I don't necessarily having... think there's room for massive amounts of uh, decorations and, and ornaments and such things. No. Yeah, I think it's probably a stretch for me to, to say that pop figures are ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, action figure. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yes, Disney are selling masks. Uh, something they'll also sell you from home now are uh, the droids from Galaxy's Edge. Uh, there's now an app which will allow you to uh, control droids that you may have already bought from right. Galaxy's Edge. Uh, much like I think, because I have, and again, you know, just to go back on things that I have on my shelves, uh, I have a BB-8 Sphero. And, uh, oh, of course. He, yeah, he has, I remember he you had, getting that. He has an app, and uh, so I'd imagine it will work similarly. But yes, uh, as well as... Um, uh, controlling your droids you may already have via this app you will also be able to buy droids uh, and design your own droids and what's not quite clear to me is whether or not you can design your own droid and then order it or whether or not the designing side of things is just for fun something you can definitely do is buy pre-made droids and have them shipped to you uh, i don't know about international shipping but certainly within the us you can do that Cool. So they they gotta they gotta find some way of selling you all that theme park merch. I don't know about oh, lights. Yeah. I don't know about lightsabers. No, no no sign of lightsabers as far as I can see. Oh, interesting. Okay, but but uh, I I I was I would have bought one of those, you know. So <laughs> they, uh, uh, yeah. lost a sale. Uh, yeah, lost a sale. Um, I don't know where I'd put it. I all of my cupboards are now like full to capacity because. I still have a lot of the stuff that I used to have in terms of, you know, uh, my wand uh, and, you know, things like that. But they're now just in the drawers rather than on top of the sh- on top of the drawers. Um, so right. I, I'm full to capacity, really. I forgot you had a wand. Yes. Did, was it a custom wand or was it a character's wand? Um, it wasn't. I, it's not custom, I guess, right? Um, but oh. it's not. They're, they're just off the shelf but it wasn't a, a specific character's wand I, oh, I, uh, I chose the one that spoke to me <laughs> well it's meant to happen the other way around the one chooses a wizard not you choosing the one Josh well no you know he, the, the one spoke to me and I oh, graciously I accepted uh, I see what, his offer I see what you mean right got yeah. you okay um so yes, that's Disney Springs. Uh, no word on City Walk yet. I've seen some murmurings about it reopening even earlier than Disney Springs, uh, Universal Orlando City Walk. This is uh, there has been some suggestion that 
uh, staff at certain bars and restaurants have been told to start getting ready for a return this month, but I don't think any of that has been confirmed or particularly substantiated. So we'll take that with a pinch of salt for now, but I suppose you'd have to imagine that if Disney Springs reopens or is planning to reopen this month, City Walk is probably getting ready for a similar time frame, and we'll just have yeah. to wait and see uh, I mean, how successful so- this turns out. I don't know about you, but City Walk isn't uh, anywhere near as interesting to me as Disney Springs is. Uh, City Walk is very much, you know, eateries that you go to once you've been to one of the parks or before you go to one of the parks. Uh, obviously, there's not particularly many shops there. There's a couple, but not a lot. Um, yeah, and it's- Disney Springs is a potentially a even a half day thing that you actually just go to. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, and exactly. Yeah, City Walk is is to me has always just been oh we walk through while we're going to the parks. I, I you know it might be a nightlife venue for some, but I would imagine that's off the cards. You can't really socially distance uh, while clubbing or a bar, uh, and obviously there's the cinema there as well. I'm, I'm not quite sure what the situation is with cinemas in different states. Uh, Florida, I, I don't know what the situation is with cinemas at the moment and whether or not that would reopen. I'd imagine not. I mean, obviously there are no movies coming out right now. So, yeah, what are you going to watch? Yeah, bizarre. Although Tenant, is it Tenant or Tenant? The new Chris Tenet. Nolan film Tenet. has not moved its release date. It is at the moment standing firm and thinks that people will want to... It, it's taken the same approach, I think, as some of these theme parks, which is, oh, there is pent-up demand. If cinemas are given the green light to reopen in some form in uh, June, July... People will be looking for a film to come see and will be the only show in town. Uh, yeah, te- uh, yeah, because it is, it is definitely Tenet because it's it's one of those words that can be read one way or the other. Oh, yes. I, um, I, I, yeah, again, bit of a tangent. I think that would be a bit irresponsible of them to kind of sell the film in that way you know like oh you know you know when you've been trapped inside for months uh this is the the only big movie in town you know you want to come and see it i i, I don't know i feel like much yeah, like it could, you and it could be worse it could be inception that was coming out i mean imagine being locked in <laughs> for that long and then being in a film where you get locked into someone else's mind and then yeah. into someone else's mind yeah i i'm i don't think i'll be rushing to the cinema uh, when they reopen, regardless of what's on, and I think if I was to go, if I, if I wanted to go to the cinema, if I was desperate to go and see a movie, I would be going to uh, the most random showtime I could possibly find, like <laughs> quarter to yeah. ten on a Tuesday or yeah. something random, where where I wouldn't expect anyone else to be there. But obviously, we have um, Cineworld Unlimited cards paid for out of our own pockets. Uh, so, and the way they're going to work is once the cinema reopens, we then get a year from that point because we've just only just renewed. So, in theory, if it opens in June, we don't have to go until 2021 and we still have six months to make our money back, which is more than doable based on how much film we saw last year. This is true. This is true. And because of everything getting pushed back, uh, you know, best case scenario for me anyway is that you feel safe to start maybe going to the cinema before the end of this year and say, as it stands anyway, kind of October through to 
sort of March, April, May next year. It's going to be absolutely stacked <laughs> with <Yeah>. movies. <laughs> it's going to be so much stuff. So yes, we will absolutely get our money's worth within that uh, shrunken time frame. But yeah, still, I think too early to say whether or not you will feel safe enough to go back to cinema at any point this year, to be honest. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, final bit of Thing Park news. Islands of Adventure, potentially. Uh, well, this is a hypothetical scenario. So Universal have been sending out surveys to uh, you know frequent guests, annual pass holders, those kinds of people, uh, with hypothetical scenarios about how they might reopen over the coming weeks and months uh, one of them in, involved Islands of Adventure being uh, reopened at 25% capacity uh, Universal Orlando or Universal Studios not reopen in this scenario so it's it's Islands of Adventure uh, limited capacity but other than that normal operations so rides are open uh, eateries are open etc just way fewer guests obviously in the park uh, team members sanitizing ride vehicles uh, between each cycle, guests having to leave a space between them on rides if they're within different parties, uh, enhanced health and safety initiatives throughout the park. Um, but other than that, as I say, it would otherwise be the same. Um, ticket prices would be reduced in this scenario as well. So... That's interesting. Okay. That's good to hear. Yeah. But in another scenario that is... Um, sorry, I've got this slightly the wrong way around. So what I just explained there, that was not 25% capacity. That was 75% capacity, which seems very high. In another yes. hypothetical scenario where they talk about 25% capacity, all those measures that I just mentioned would also be the same. But rather than 50% off admission, you would be paying 25% more admission. And obviously, as I say, this is only 25% capacity, so a massively reduced number of guests in the park at one time. And there would also be a special VIP experience where because there would be such a relatively small number of people in the park, you would be able to go on sort of behind-the-scenes experiences, I guess similar to what they do at Disney World when they sort of take you underneath the park. Um, so, yeah, some, some interesting hypotheticals that they've come up with here, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, would you, let's say you're a local, would you pay 25% more on your entrance fee to go to a 25% cap capacity Islands of Adventure for the day that was otherwise operating normally in terms of rides? Um, uh, yes, if, it, if there wasn't coronavirus, but yes. Oh, yeah, well, yes. I mean, that's the key point. So... Let's uh, say this happens in August or July. You live in Florida. Would you rather do the 75% capacity day uh, at a cheaper rate or would you rather do the 25% capacity uh, day at a more expensive rate? What do you think is more likely to be, be enticing to people? Um, I think probably the 25%, to be honest. I, I, I think, think it, I mean, 25%, that's, a, that's so few people. Um yeah, but, but the problem is, is that even though there's, it's twenty five percent. Obviously, everything it will take longer to do anyway. So, uh, which which still happens in the seventy five percent scenario, right? So, you, even though you cut it down to seventy five percent because of the measures taken, 
you're basically you're still running at maybe 100 110% capacity speeds in terms of uh, flow for a ride or whatever yeah. whereas 25% you're running at maybe 40 50% speeds yeah so you're, I see, you're still, I see what you mean yeah you're still getting a you know a half of the speed is kind of the equivalent of half the capacity which so that's a good turnover um, obviously Disney do these after hours t- periods where you can pay basically you pay an entrance fee but then you get to go in at 7 and it lasts until midnight um, right and basically it's dead and they just have to give out ice creams and stuff <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I think if you're if you're the type you know if you're desperate enough to go to a theme park despite everything that's going on, I think that you would be more than happy to pay twenty five percent more to go for this kind of experience. I think yeah. you know it would probably be quite novel to be honest, I, I, and quite quite interesting, especially if these quite, uh, kinds no of VIP bad. experiences. Yes, indeed, like the coronavirus, yeah. and yeah. Um, I, I'd be intrigued, actually. But again, these are all hypotheticals. Universal have been sending out various surveys uh, and not the same surveys to the same people. Different people have been getting different questions. And <laughs> A bit of A-B testing. Indeed, indeed. So it'll be interesting to see whether anything comes of any of these hypotheticals, whether any of them come to fruition or not. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, yeah, the, the final thing I have, which is not strictly theme park related, but I guess kind of is Pirates of the Caribbean. The movies are based oh. on the ride, of course. Well, loosely. Yeah. And, you and mean after... the ride based on the movie based on the ride? The ride based on the movie based on the ride. Well, anyway, you've so lost if you me. T- Shanghai Disney. Oh, yes. It's based on the movie. Which the was based, based on the ride. On... Yeah. Right. Okay. But it's only really the first movie that has any ties to the ride at all. And the only ties really are what? The the prison with like, <laughs> the, the dog, etc. Yeah. The bombing and of the, or the, the shelling of the of Port Royal. Port Royal, yeah. And, and then you've got Tortuga, right? Is all the drunks yeah. and the singing and the dancing and yeah, I wasn't sure in whether red. that was meant to be Tortuga or just the pirates having raided Port Royale. Oh, I see. Right. But I guess in terms of visual cues and the, the vibe and looking for sort yeah. of references, the, the, the movie is... The, the Tortuga scene in the movie is 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 that part of the ride. Whether or yeah. not it's Tortuga in the ride or, or still the same port that's been uh, attacked by the pirates, I, I don't yeah. know. But no, after all, uh, it's just the rum they want. Indeed, indeed. But as we know, the rum is all is always gone. Yeah. Uh, so um, there are reports this week that Disney are planning to reboot Pirates of the Caribbean, and um, uh, maybe not a surprise. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I really like that first one, and then the second and third ones are not very good but I think have aged well in a way because the fourth and fifth ones were so terrible and I've not seen them. I, 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 I thought to... the second and third ones were fine. Right. But I thought the first one was really good, so the first, so the next two were not as good. I, I, remember, that, but... I remember being quite disappointed in the second and third. Well, I remember being really disappointed by the second one at the time and then the third one I thought was better than the second one but still not great. However, I think if I then watched the fourth and fifth ones... 
the second and third ones would retroactively become better in my mind because the fourth and fifth ones are so so terrible uh, have you not watched the fourth and fifth one i've not watched them no uh yeah don't <laughs> okay i uh, have watched them. uh yeah Oof. right um but yeah people people were up in arms i saw a lot of people up in arms on twitter about the prospect of a remake because i think people still hold that first one dear but uh, like i say i mean only one of the five that have been made so far are you know universal is, is universal universally liked i would suggest and then the other four are kind of varying degrees of all right to really rotten it so feels a little early to do a remake to me yeah, it, it does. I mean, to, to be honest, it, it's always felt a bit like the fourth and fifth ones were kind of desperate attempts to keep the franchise relevant. Uh, yeah. And, you know, critically, they were terrible. I don't know how they did at the box office. I mean, the fourth one did all right, because obviously they made a fifth one. I don't think the fifth one set the world on fire, but... Uh, but the fourth and fifth one, I think, was especially the fifth one, um, was both funded by uh, Chinese producers quite heavily. Um, and designed for the uh, Chinese market, so I think they did quite well over there. Right, um, um, but they didn't do well at all for Western audiences. Yeah, so so maybe this remake will be an attempt by Disney to make the franchise appeal more to Western audiences again. The rumor is that it will be a female-led film, and that Karen Gillan has been tapped to star. And of course, there is, uh, I guess, before the movies, the most recognisable character in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride was Red, who uh, has been, um, let's say, modernised in on the ride in recent years. They've changed that character. So, yeah, she is uh, kind of a pirate icon in her own right now on the ride. And so I guess w- with that interpretation of the character in mind, you could see why having her lead the film might be of interest, uh, might appeal to Disney. And, and Karen Gillan is fun. I, I like Karen Gillan. Maybe maybe there'd be something to this. Yeah, Karen Gillan was, I thought, very good in Doctor Who. Um, and she's good also, in Jumanji. Yeah. Um, and she's in uh, Guardians, right? Yes. Unrecognisable, but she is, she is in there. Uh, I think she's quite good in that as well. And she yeah. plays a kind of different character in that, which is cool. Um, I guess she'll play sort of um, the role that she's meant to, like her character is meant to be in Jumanji. I'd imagine she's she plays that sort of role in this new Pirates of the Caribbean film. So the Jumanji is a bit weird because she's playing a child in the body of the game character, but yeah, um, I'd imagine she kind of. If she just takes the game character part of that, makes it piratey, that is potentially the character in these uh, in these new pirates films. If they go ahead, yeah, and I guess you know if they're if the lead character in the new movie is going to be you know directly ripped from the ride, uh, at least in terms of the template, I mean, it's not much of a character on the ride. It's more of a sort of a template. But in some ways, yeah. that would make this new film even more directly tied to the ride than the original film. Yeah, it'd be cool. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe this is the start of a uh, theme park cinematic universe. We've got Jungle Cruise will be the sort of Iron Man of, of, the, of the theme park cinematic universe. And then the new Pirates will in some way be tied to the Jungle Cruise film. 
and it yeah. all kicks oh. off from here. And then we get a new haunted mansion in a few years' time. That'd be really cool, like because in like in the Jungle Cruise, you could in theory come across. I don't know. Would the Jungle Cruise would be post pirates, right? Obviously. Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, you could like potentially come up. You could find things like Easter eggs in the Jungle Cruise that were from the pirates films. Yeah. Um, um, obviously, it's kind of the wrong way around because Jungle Cruise is coming out first. But there was there was a rumor a few years ago now that Guillermo del Toro had been uh, kind of asked to do a haunted mansion reboot. And I, I, I think I he's written say, it. There was something. Um, it was I think something he that, wants to do it. Yeah, he wanted to do it. I remember reading some time ago now, but obviously it's never happened. But Guillermo del Toro gets attached to lots of projects that then either don't happen or don't happen with him at the helm. You know, The Hobbit, yeah. obviously the most famous example. But um, but obviously uh, The Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy is so highly regarded. It's true. Um, they're going to have to really bring their A game if they're going to top it. Yes. Um, but hey, I, I'd be intrigued by a Karen Gillan-led Pirates of the Caribbean remake. Uh, I'm certainly not opposed to the idea, but equally, uh, I, I wouldn't cry river if if it ended up not happening. It's uh, it's nothing that's actually been confirmed by Disney I'm just yet. Just, uh, obviously, sorry. Back on you know the kind of Disney ride uh, cinematic universe. Yeah. Obviously, you have uh, especially in Tokyo, you have Tokyo Disney Sea, which is yes. based on them on this like basically an explorers club. Hmm. Could that be uh, kind of a tie-in for all of these films? <laughs> uh, I, d- I don't know, really. Maybe, yeah. I'd feel I more confident that... talking about it if our trip had gone ahead, of course. That'd be really cool. Because um, then you'd have like um, the Tower of Terror in Tokyo Disney would be part of the uh, cinematic universe automatically as well. <laughs> Yeah. And they filmed that one at the park, like yes. the Tower of Terror movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kirsten Dunst returns. It's all in Japanese, but uh, dubbed. Yes, uh, or, uh, with uh, subtitles, sorry, not dubbed. Yeah, that would be bizarre. It'd kind of be like, do you remember those old PlayStation adverts? It, they were live action, and they had all sort of the famous PlayStation characters met up in like a bar. Yeah, do you remember, do you remember that? Yeah. I'm getting a similar sort of image for this. There'll be like a bar in this Tokyo Disney Sea Explorers Club where all these famous ride characters are hanging out. And of course, Josh, if they do this, it it could it could reunite Dwayne Johnson and Karen Gillan f- f- from Jumanji. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So and they could. Um, what's the uh, the club that's in all of the parks? Um, the Vacation Club. You mean? No, the uh, exclusive oh. uh, club club. Uh, I can't remember. It's got an, it's a number. It's called Club Number. Oh yes, I know what you're talking about, but I also can't remember the number. Poor knowledge. Uh, that could uh, that that's, could be the that's the, the shield. Point. Yes, that's, that's the, the shield, shield of the theme park cinematic universe. I'm I'm on board. I'm on board. Um, cool. Well, that's that, and that's a wrap for Club Thirty Three. Club Thirty Three. There we are. Nice one. Have you? Are you a member? Uh, I wish. I think no. the uh, waiting list is very long and very expensive. Yeah, no surprise there. 
Um, cool. Well, that's another episode in the can, Josh. The eighth episode in lockdown. And I've just noticed the 80th episode overall. Who would have guessed that there would be 80 episodes of the Park Rush podcast? Huzzah! Incredible scenes. Thanks very much for listening. You can get in touch with the show during the week, if you so choose, via email, podcast at parkrush.com, via Instagram, at parkrushpodcast, and via Twitter, at that same handle as well. You can check out every episode and some handy playlists at parkrush.com, and you can subscribe on your podcasting app of choice. Thanks very much for listening. Continue to stay indoors and stay safe. And and uh, if you're in a place where theme parks are starting to reopen, well, I'm very jealous. Seems like there'll be a way to go before that happens here. But uh, we'll keep podcasting along from the comfort of our own bedrooms. And uh, yeah, until next time, take it easy. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.